0: Hi, and welcome to Filmmaker's Compass Podcast, the show where we discuss movies and, well, more movies. I'm D-Man, joined by CP. CP, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm fantastic.
1: It's October. I'm loving all the Halloween scary movies, and I'm sure
0: you are too. I actually, after our our episode last week, I went ahead and put on Stranger Things Season 1, and it is as good as I remember. (laughs) Love Stranger Things. And I'll probably definitely get all the way up to the trick-or-treating scene From season two. So looking forward to watching the rest of that. And then a bunch of the other movies from our list last week. You know, I haven't gotten to all of them yet, but, you know, we're about a third of the way through October. So plenty of time to keep watching movies, Halloween movies. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can get in most of the ones from those lists. But more importantly, uh, we actually got a ton of comments regarding Halloween movies and what everybody likes. So we got to thank you all Yay! so much for, uh, you know, <laughs> sending us your lists. We are going to read a few of them now because they were not all the movies that we named. We really appreciate you guys chiming in, sending us some additional movies. First up, I'll do one and then throw it over to UCP. But uh, first up is SD Photo and Video, Top Five Halloween Movies, Beetlejuice, Hocus Pocus, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, mm. Silence of the Lambs, which is you know a classic horror film, and any Alfred Hitchcock movie. So great list there. I I'm a little surprised. You know we didn't get any Hitchcock in our list, so that's a that's a great mention right there. I think War of the Worlds is kind of
1: a an out there one too. I just that's not one I ever think of on Halloween, so I'll have to consider that. First person I'm going to give a shout out to is actually on Twitter, and it's Bear Down Chicago Bears. He okay. reached out to us with Halloween. Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, Friday the 13th and Blair Witch Project. And those are pretty much just all the best scary movies you could possibly
0: ever watch. Get like two thumbs up for that one. Good job, man. Yeah, great list. Here's one. These are some more movies that we didn't name. This is on Instagram, but they said Casper, Hotel Transylvania, the first one. It's The Great Pumpkin, which I did list, Hocus Pocus, and then The Nightmare Before Christmas, which we did kind of hint at. Where does that fall? I guess for for this person, it's Halloween. So great list. Uh Fair next enough. up, Caitlin Scog, Halloween, The Exorcist, Carrie, Hocus Pocus, and Jeepers Creepers. So we, we're getting a little uh, horror, horror vibe going here. You know, I'm I surprised think the... she
1: didn't list the Baba Duke because I know that's her like favorite scary movie.
0: <laughs> When's the last time you saw Jeepers Creepers? Uh it's been a while. But Jeepers that... Creepers 2 is one of the worst scary movies ever made. Jeepers Creepers 1 was pretty creepy. Next up is Mike Soto, who chimed in, said Nightmare on Elm Street. So agreed with Yay! you there. Charlie Brown, Halloween. Agreed with me. Children of the Corn and Friday the 13th and then Monster Squad. So CP. Boom. Back, back nailed <laughs> it. Mike Soto, you got a good list, man. I approve. Send it over to you. Me. My
1: brother hit us up and he said Halloween Town, Young Frankenstein, Hocus Pocus, Halloween, and Friday the 13th. And that's actually a pretty good mashup of both our lists.
0: Yeah. Young Frankenstein, though. That actually, yeah. Now that you say that out loud, that might be worthy of putting on. Now, and speaking of Young Frankenstein, I mean, I'm just, this just came to me. I, did you watch the new Monsters movie? I did not. I did not either. I have heard it's like incredibly colorful, very Halloween vibe. Maybe that's something worth checking out. Maybe we haven't
1: have seen to that. list for the new watches. Keep us going. D-Back reached out to us and he was cool enough to suggest Rocky Horror Picture Show, the OG po- Hocus oh, Pocus. Rocky he Horror. was very clear to point out not Hocus Pocus 2. He mentioned Halloween Town, Van Helsing, and also Young Ooh, Frankenstein. Van-, Van
0: Helsing's good. You know, Halloween Town, that's... That's a Disney Channel original movie, correct? Halloween Town? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the one that just looks like a Disney Channel original movie, and yet somehow it's just got that little bit of charm that just makes it work. Go ahead. Keep uh, us
1: going. Asami hit us up, and she didn't know what I meant when I asked for five. She only gave us three. She said <laughs> Beetlejuice, Pocus <laughs> Pocus. Actually, I lied. She only gave me two, and then she said, apparently, I don't really watch that many movies. So Ooh, I replied we, gotta change with, that. we can't be friends. So she probably <laughs> won't tell me the rest of her list
0: after that. All right. And were there any uh, further lists? Not that I wanted to bring up. I thought that
1: was kind of a good mix. Did also want to give a shout out to Aaron Matthews and reach out to us and he screenshot it and he said, listening to the podcast for the first time, thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you. And then finally, I do have one last shout out for Jasmine Nunez on YouTube, said 18 episodes left before I'm completely caught up with FCP. You guys are so rad. It's been a fun ride listening to you both. I have so much to learn about filmmaking and so many movies to watch since I started binging FCP about a a week ago i talk about it a lot i actually think at this point i need some merch which we've never discussed merch <laughs> so that i i'm sorry at this you know maybe that's something we'll have to discuss in the future at least a sticker for my hydro flask so also and here we go christian is right Jack Lee, and harry potter is kind of lame sauce lol wow so, yeah somebody agreeing with christian that that's new i, I like <laughs> to hear that i'm right <laughs> that's something we get on this show very often well and- done
1: cp Yeah, wow. Came came through in the clutch. Apparently, got got <laughs> one person in there that agrees with me on something.
0: I do. I got to say thank you all so much for uh, chiming in with your lists and keeping the conversations going. This week's feedback and comments were absolutely fantastic. So thank you all. Glad we could share some of the lists on the show this week. So we'll go ahead and uh, move into our first segment this week. CP, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Obviously, this is Halloween time. This is where we
1: talk scary, scary stuff. And <laughs> I read a really scary article in the news that I wanted to share with you in the. Hollywood reporter. And they are remaking what I consider a classic, the original American Pie. It's not even 25 years old. In fact, the when did franchise that come out 99. Ninety nine. The franchise has been releasing the B-tier movies pretty consistently. I think they had one come out like a year ago. Like the National Lampoons. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Universal has said, you know what? It's been long enough. We've got enough content. We got some fresh ideas. We're going to reboot the whole franchise. Apparently, none of the original cast in any way is supposed to be involved. This is not like Son of Stifler or anything like that. Mm. It's a fresh new take. They have a female screenwriter and director attached who is supposed to reinvent the series and I kind of wanted your take on it. What actually comes to mind
0: is how politically correct, I guess, the version in 1999 would play today. I'm guessing the concept of making a pact to try to get laid for the sake of getting laid probably doesn't play as well in 2022 as it did in 99, as well as the act of un- No, like like she was not actively participating in the webcam scene Mm -hmm. where they were filming her without her knowing I imagine that did not age all that well in terms of doing a a reboot I mean you want to revive the brand that's that's kind of cool and maybe it does need a slight update for 2022 audiences because sensibilities and the you know kind of hyper wokeness of today's youth might not enjoy the 99 version the way it was received at that time
1: well I think that's part of it's obviously a movie out of time for what's considered acceptable these days. I think what's so amazing about the American Pie films is it's really a time capsule to what life was like for teenagers back in the late 90s early 2000s. And I think that the franchise always captured that very well. It's not just in terms of the plot points, but it's the music, it's the the way people talk, it's the way yeah. people dress. It's as close as you can kind of get to going back to 1990s early
0: 2000s. No, and I mean I love movie at the time. It's still hilarious. I grew up in, uh, in that age. I guess that was geared more towards high school kids. I think we were middle school kids when mm-hmm. American mm-hmm. Pie came out. You know, that was a movie that we grew up on as we went into high school. I don't know. To me, I, I still think the movie's very entertaining, hilarious, stifler. It's crazy. There's a lot of elements that think work. It's just weird because it's like, would today's youth, the people who would be targeted for that demographic of that movie. So unless you're playing it for like nostalgic purposes or time capsule purposes. Would a new generation find that movie as funny as we did in 99? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either. And that's also kind of why I'm wondering why Universal wants to go back to it. Part of it is, I don't think that this has the brand power to warrant continuing with the franchise. I mean, kind of like the American Pie Presents movies are the straight to DVD, straight to digital, and they were never yeah. particularly successful. They kind of tried to do the same thing with Van Wilder. It's like, great, the first Van Wilder was a hit. All the other ones, it's like, I don't I don't know why you're trying to re- reinvent a franchise here. It almost seems like you're better off just making a raunchy teen comedy for this generation. Something kind of like what they did with Booksmart, Good Boys, where it's more in line yeah. with the humor of today's teen generation. It's woker. It's more aware of what it is. And again, those movies were financially successful. They didn't tap into any sort of existing brand. They were just coming of age comedies. They got some notable comedians to be in it and it was successful. I don't know why they are so insistent on revitalizing a brand that I think is is, is good as good it, as it was was already made.
0: And can we also acknowledge that i do not think for a second that teenagers are any less raunchy today than at any point in history i think they're just a little bit more aware that there's a lot of cameras rolling that what they say you know might be heard by more than just the people in that room they're just kind of aware to that but if you've been around teenagers like at the movies i don't have kids but i'm guessing they are just as raunchy and crazy as ever I think so i don't think that really changed i think now you just <laughs> you know, there's a lot more tech out there, and you can say what you think, and it gets blasted out on TikTok or something, you know, where back in the day it might have just been to your classroom, you know, it's mm-hmm. different times. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people necessarily are, are any less raunchy. I think teen, raunchy teen comedies still have their place. Totally agree. Not really sure what Universal's
1: doing. I mean, give us your thoughts. Obviously, they haven't really released a lot about it other than the fact that they are developing it maybe they'll get this right. I'm not particularly optimistic because it doesn't seem like the type of thing they're going to get right. It's actually funny. I went tangent. I met Warren Zeed, who was the producer of the film a couple of years back. And he was talking about the process of creating, at the time, this very famous raunchy teen comedy. And the big thing that he pointed to was he said, we kind of just got a young writer and we said, listen, go out there and write the most high school story take everything you remember and make it as funny as you can cut it together later and see how we can make it work as a movie. And that's kind of what happened. And it was really sort of amazing because they got this movie that I think a lot of people at the time appreciated because it captured certain essences of high school life that the coming of age movies that everybody remembers that do them well capture so vividly.
0: I mean, can we just acknowledge how great the dad is too? Oh my gosh. He pretty <laughs> much
1: makes the movie hilarious. Plenty of Dan Levy. Gosh, stole the show.
0: <laughs> oh, Stole oh the God.
1: show so funny another exciting piece of news This last week, the trailer for this movie dropped, Mario Brothers. It's coming out in April. The
0: internet has a lot of thoughts. Have you seen the trailer, D-Man? I have indeed seen the trailer. I have also seen across YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, tons of reaction videos to the trailer, which obviously the biggest thing and biggest concern going into the movie and the trailer was the voice of Mario, who is being voiced by Chris Pratt. Ironically, everybody is a little bit hesitant about whether or not he'll be able to nail Mario mostly I think because the voice actor who does Mario in the games is actually I think he's a voice actor in the movie just not Mario that's so weird why not I mean we've had the Mario voice
1: we know it well it's very distinct he's this little Italian guy or that's how his voice comes through it's beloved and it's been in the games for 30 years. Why not just stick with what we know as opposed to trying to make Chris Pratt sound like this guy? Because he doesn't really do
0: it to me. Well, first of all, we have to acknowledge that Super Mario Brothers or, you know, Mario Brothers, there was a live action movie in the 90s. Oh, and oh my gosh,
1: 1993. <laughs> and I think we've all tried to forget it yeah I mean it's pretty bad
0: it's one of those movies that like maybe it's kind of fun to revisit once in a while ah, but it's I not know even that it is it's I not really even don't. so bad that it's good like it reminds me of do you remember that movie like Theodore Rex with like Whoopi Goldberg where she's yeah. like her partner <laughs> her, her cop partner is a dinosaur I mean it sounds stupid saying it out loud but that was a real 90s movie I mean that was kind of fun I, I don't know why but like if I went back and watched that again there might I might enjoy it a little bit so maybe I <laughs> They have to revisit the live action super mario brothers but i mean we can get i mean we haven't seen the movie yet but i mean visually i think we can at least acknowledge that this is going to look much better and obviously it looks kind of like a movie version of a video game it is yeah, a uh, digitally animated version
1: the visual style that we expect from the mario games the other major issue i had was with bowser's voice because he just didn't seem gravelly enough and deep enough and powerful enough to he's normally really
0: raspy raw
1: Yeah. And the same thing. And I'm like, obviously we've had voice actors playing Bowser for since the beginning. Why don't we just get it right?
0: So, is the problem then when we talk about voice actors in this case that Mario's voice is so iconic that it's almost jarring when it's not the guy that does the voice in the video games? Because, you know, something like Sonic the Hedgehog, he never really talks in the video games. And I don't know what he would sound like. I don't know if in the movie, that's exactly how I always pictured him sounding if he did talk, but we were kind of okay with it. Nobody really said boo. But with Mario, everybody's all up in arms. Now, granted, I know there's a small segment of people online who tend to not like Chris... Pratt for whatever reason. I mean, there's a little bit of baggage there, but that doesn't bother me at all. I like, I love Parks and Rec. I like the first Jurassic World. Like, I'm down for Guardians of the Galaxy, even though we'll get into that a different time. But <laughs> I think Chris Pratt is great, so I'm not holding anything against you know, hey, him coming into the movie and doing his take on Mario. It was a little jarring, just the accent for me. I don't know that his voice itself killed Mario for me or anything. It was more so he was doing an Italian accent, and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. It just, is that is that going to make it for a whole movie? I don't know. I think
1: it's just for me, it's just the fact that we know what this character is supposed to sound like. He has very iconic phrases and lines. He's been in so many games beyond just Mario games right i mean he's appeared in a whole slew of other nintendo properties super smash mario and sonic at the olympic games right mario tennis he's a well-known character and we know what he's supposed to sound like and so for me the fact that the only two major characters they show in the trailer mario and bowser just didn't get it well and
0: technically toad right yeah
1: true there is totally
0: yeah i don't know I, i'm still willing to give this movie a shot the trailer didn't kill it for me i know some people they're already doing like i saw on social media people have already done ai recreations of the video game mario voice people have already been demanding that the voice actor do his own take on the trailer just so we could see what it would be like which would be kind of fun i mean, I mean it would cool. be fun right i don't know why nintendo would want that but no es- The trailer, es- I, I still especially think it looks since
1: cool. for something like this the draws the character of mario i don't think you need to worry about shrouding the movie in quote-unquote star power mario fans would have gone to see a mario movie no matter who did the voice as long as it was slightly close so i guess that's the thing i'm just wondering there are people that are going to watch it because they love this guy and have seen him in dozens of their favorite video games are you a fan of the blue penguins they were they were kind of a holes in the in in the video games. Yeah, Especially did you ever, remember that N sixty four level? Didn't you race them? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah And they like did would you ever cheat. kill one? You like throw them off the side of the ledge. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, too? you could yes. pick them up and yep. toss them. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. You know, as far as Mario goes, I'm down for a new iteration. Obviously, the 93 version didn't age any better than it looked at time. <laughs> so, <laughs> if anything, it's a great time capsule of just how bad things were for video game movies back in the 90s. Hopefully, this movie delivers. I mean, let's face it, video game movies in general, as a genre, have had a tough go. It's usually not pretty good. So, here's to hoping Nintendo can get this right. I have a feeling, based on the fact that there is now like a Nintendo Land in Japan and there's gonna be one. At like Universal Studios or something yeah. that Nintendo's hoping maybe to create some sort of MCU shared universe where they can release movies from all their biggest properties. Maybe, maybe not, but that would be my guess that they're looking yep. to extend their brand. I'm assuming just like Iron Man did for the MCU, they really gotta get this right because if you don't, maybe the other movies don't follow. So here's to hoping they get Mario right. I mean, I hope so. I would love to see a good
1: Mario movie. That would be a lot of fun. Oh
0: my god. What would the event Avengers- Be super smash brothers
1: now that would be pretty epic
0: they like had the different properties and then they they released a super smash brothers where it's like a tournament oh my god (laughs) i would go to that yeah it would be pretty sweet i'm very excited now that's amazing i don't even know if that's in the plan but i hope
1: so would be very sweet obviously it's still halloween the season's not over so i thought this was a good time for a little bit of your favorite segment total rewind Ooh. where we take a look at movies from 30 years ago and see if they still hold up today. That was your intro. I stole it from you. I'm sorry. I hope well I did it justice. You did. It was good. And I want to talk about, well, one of my favorite movies. It was on your list. It was on my list. It was on a bunch of our listeners' lists.
0: John Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about it last week, but there's a lot here uh, in terms of the, the genre that it actually expands, the, the teen slasher flick, you know, there's so many tropes that come out of this, the babysitter, you know, having the mysterious big monster coming, you know, down, I guess what we would, we would consider to be like regular hallways versus... I think older horror movies tend to put teens in scary places. Mm -hmm. In Halloween, he's in a very familiar place. He's in your house.
1: He's in suburbia. Yep.
0: Yeah. He also is born of suburbia. He is not a demonic, I mean, I guess, well, later, maybe, I don't know. No, but no, but Origins, in this one, he's yeah. just
1: a just a serial killer.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? He's, he's kind of not like a, you know, demonic monster or like something, a vampire or zombie or something. He's like mm-hmm. a guy that has like a really twisted mental hospital past. There's so much here that they, they just nail. I'll, I'll throw it over to you. What, what do you think? Is there anything that doesn't hold up in your opinion? Or well, that aged
1: poorly? That's a great question. Considering that we've seen so many sequels and even and one official reboot and one sort of pseudo-sequel reboot of Halloween, it really blows my mind in the sense that I think that this movie still is the best look at it. And I think part of the reason why is mm. John Carpenter doesn't make a movie based around gore and kind of the, the horror fanfare, right? yeah. It's sort of grounded in reality. When you look at horror films now, it's kind of over-the-top gratuitous blood gore violence and lots and lots of boobies. People love those things, and that's part of the reason, I think, why people <laughs> watch horror movies. And obviously, Carpenter, right, There, there is a little bit of nudity, and there is a little bit of blood and gore and violence, but yeah, it's it's tamed down enough, and what this is really rooted in is he builds the tension slowly. He has the creepy piano keys... It's very Hitchcock in the in the style of making the movie. I mean, there's a good half an hour of Michael Myers stalking Jamie Lee Curtis. And we don't really know why he's stalking her.
0: He just is. So creepy, though, when you see him and then he's gone or she like thinks the, he sees him. And yeah, like
1: the, the scene where he's standing out in the laundry. Or I mean, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he follows the kid at the school. And we don't even see Michael Myers' face. He's just at the edge of the frame, cut off at the shoulders and he's walking in parallel as the kids oh, are walking man. across the school yard. chills right look. now. It's so good and you're like, uh, carpenter's just setting us up and he's saying, look. This is bad. And then he lives in those scenes for enough time for an audience to get uncomfortable. Again, as you said, he sets it in the house. So when Michael is murdering people and harassing people and chasing Jamie Lee Curtis, it's very realistic and grounded in that realism because... She's hiding in closets and she's trying to lock doors and everyone can relate to that. Right. I mean, it does make you think
0: almost like, you know, here at your own house, you're like, if somebody was coming in, would you stand and fight? Would you have a place you're going to hide? Especially there is the age of the people who this is happening to, right? They're young. What would you do? And it kind of makes your own house feel very creepy because you're like, God, what if there was someone in there right now? And they just like bust it out.
1: And I think that that was probably part of his reasoning in setting it in suburbia right? As you pointed out, most of the horror movies are at weird locations or graveyards. Yeah. yeah. And and this is happening anywhere everywhere, middle America on a street that could be yours. And I think that's genius. On top of it, I think adding the character of the psychologist Loomis grounds it in an element of realism in the sense that Michael Myers is one of the few characters who he's mysterious and at times he has the superhuman strength where he's indestructible virtually. But there is A backstory. And as you said, his birth is on Halloween Eve. I think that that's really amazing because we know who he is. We know why he kills. Most other movie monsters are kind of faceless and and motiveless and and it it kind of works. It's a bit of a stretch at times, but I think it kind of works.
0: I know last week we mentioned obviously the score Mm -hmm. is still to this day, classic Halloween score. You should hear it any party you go to, anywhere that uh, is able to play it without violating any sort of rights or anything.
1: You should set it as your ringtone during October.
0: Yeah, it's uh amazing. So I'm sure it'll pop up on social media and people will be playing it, you know, very creepy. The character itself, Michael himself, Michael Myers, I mean, obviously the mask is is iconic still. There's how many you think, how many horror movie villains have come and gone throughout the years but, you know, how many of the masks or monster faces survive all of the new characters that come and go? And that's one of them. He still shows up. Um, and if you ever, I, I literally see videos on social media where people dress up as Michael Myers and they they pop out or they're standing somewhere and then people notice them and they like freak out you know he's still got it yeah i know in, in terms of the overall franchise of halloween obviously it's gone all over the place from sequels to pseudo sequels to reboots to second reboots (laughs) to apparently jamie lee curtis is back and this is the last one you know (laughs) yeah yeah it's gone all over the place but you do even have to give credit to jamie lee curtis for the original portrayal of the babysitter because you are like her you know you're very frightened with her to her credit she does a good job of definitely taking the viewer on that journey it works I, i can't think of anything that really doesn't work you know like you said there maybe michael myers is maybe a bit too indestructible him being a- mental patient. I don't know. I don't know if that's how that would be handled in today's society.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think maybe the only plot hole is the fact that somehow he learns how to drive. And the psychologist himself points that out in the movie, like how did he learn how to drive? I mean, for the most part, the plot works. I think maybe the only complaint that you could have is that as audiences now, and obviously when this movie came out in 78, it was incredibly popular. It was, it's one of like I think it's considered like the most successful independent film of all time. I think that goes
0: to Paranormal Activity now i think you're right okay i think it actually <laughs> went to uh blair witch project and then i think it went to paranormal but at the time right. i believe you are correct it was at in its time
1: and it you know inspired uh, tons and tons of ripoffs and 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 copies and it reinvigorated interest in in this type of genre and i think it's amazing well i don't even think it reinvigorated i think it created this type of genre and that's a hell i'll die on cool and when bring you it, look bring at, it horror you... fans And when you look at this movie, I think the only complaint is that because we've seen so much of it, maybe if you've never seen this movie and you're just now getting around to it, it might feel a little formulaic because cinema has been so oversaturated with this style of movie for the last 30 years, 30 plus years.
0: What year did this come out?
1: 78.
0: Is Terminator just a sci-fi version of Halloween?
1: (laughs) Now that's a, that's a very, yeah, kind of. In some ways.
0: Like the first one, instead of a babysitter, it's a waitress. But like, it's like an action sci-fi version of Halloween. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I didn't think about that, but I think you're right. It is. I mean, I figured it's at least worth mentioning. So I guess if to any of our listeners, if you guys agree with that assessment, let me know. I mean, you you know, if you've listened to this show, that we love Terminator 2. So oh, we love Terminator 1 and 2, but as well. And <laughs> we just love all
1: the Terminators.
0: Yeah. You know, I guess in a lot of ways, like the big imposing kind of faceless man. I mean, Arnold's in as the Terminator, he's not wearing emotions. True. <laughs> Although he does have guns. That's way cooler, I think. <laughs>
1: (laughs) And she also has someone to protect her from, The Terminator, whereas Jamie Lee Curtis is all
0: on her own, man. Psychiatrist or bus? (laughs) All right. I mean, in terms of Total Rewind, taking a look at Halloween, I have to say that absolutely it still holds up. I think even having watched a ton of horror movies since its arrival, you can still say definitively that the scares, the tropes, all the things that it helped contribute to in future generations of films still work really well. Because sometimes that's not the case. You know, sometimes the first movie introduces these things and other people take it and they do it better and then you come back to the original and you're like ah it's not as good you know here i think they nailed it I totally agree i think this movie still
1: stands up still a great movie a great thriller you gotta add it to your halloween repertoire i mean it's called halloween what's more halloween than that
0: well i guess they tried to do that that new movie trick-or-treat from like the 2010s or whatever <laughs>
1: terrible
0: i actually i never saw it so i'm not gonna judge until uh, I get don't watch, to watch it. it it's not
1: very good okay. Another bad one is there's a movie they came out with that was a kid's version of Trick or Treat, and it was called Fun Size. And first of all, Fun Size Candy sucks, so why would we make a movie about them?
0: Yeah, who who doesn't want to go to the house that's handing out the full-size candy bars, right? Well, okay, so last thing I wanted to run by
1: you. Speaking of going to the house handing out full-size candy bars, in your mind, what do you think? Just give me three because we could be here all night. Give me the three movies that you think best depict Trick or Treating.
0: Okay, so these are my favorites. Now, the third one on my list, number three, is Hugh be halloween now if you watch this movie it's actually a movie that takes place at many different halloween locations so that range from a halloween party to the haunted house to i don't know they have uh, and then trick-or-treat so they have a bunch of different halloween locations but i think they they get the color palette right obviously they get a lot of the uh, aesthetic right for halloween and the famous scene i guess from that movie is after all all the dust has been settled you know Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you know, the next year things worked out and he takes his kids trick or treating. So it looks kind of exactly like you'd think. Number two on my list, we've talked about this now a couple times is going to be Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin. Yeah. So animated version of trick or treating. You know, I have to say, is it Charlie Brown keeps getting rocks?
1: Yeah, he keeps getting rocks and everyone else gets candy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's so Charlie Brown. Obviously, I love the Great Pumpkin, but they do go door to door and they make it pretty fun in, in Charlie Brown. But number one for me is always the scene in E.T., E.T., the extraterrestrial. And that's because, first of all, Yoda shows up and they actually do a riff on Yoda's Empire Strikes Back theme, which is amazing. So hmm. and
1: it's, so you slipped another Star Wars reference into this podcast. Yeah. So love
0: that. But more than anything, unlike, you know, the first two movies on my list where the trick or treating is more of a montage or more of a scene than it is an integral like part of the story. It sets the scene, I guess, for the night that they're having but it's not necessarily like if you remove trick-or-treating the story couldn't happen right? In E.T. it is built right into the story. They are using Halloween as cover to go set up and be able to see if they can make contact with E.T.'s family. Halloween becomes Halloween and trick-or-treating particularly become an integral part of that story and for that reason I think it's number one on my list. Good
1: list. I'm going to go with Hocus Pocus from 93. Kind of is the beginning part of the story. I think it's an important part in showing the dynamic between our characters when an older brother has to take his sister trick-or-treating and I thought it kind of, you know it's sort of a fun look at it. Oh, Um, It totally
0: is. It it is. There's (laughs) an nostalgic element to it and it totally it showed up earlier we did shout outs and it was on almost most of the lists I think it totally does work
1: yeah it's got it's got 90s Halloween right number two for me is actually 1999's Big Daddy
0: oh that's a great good good pick right there
1: because it's funny right he goes in and the guy's like throwing life cereal and CDs into his his thing and like again I just think that that's such a funny look at trick-or-treating in general how he breaks into the guy's house and he's like dude you're just going to stiff a kid this is first time trick-or-treating um <laughs> hilarious i laugh about it every time i watch it i think it's a great scene and then obviously i gotta agree with you et does it the best i mean you talked about the story justification for it but for me what i love about et it's one of the few movies i felt that really captured what trick-or-treating used to be like when we were kids
0: pillowcases and
1: yeah and it's just people yeah. everywhere Right. And I feel like, you know, when I take kids trick or treating now, it doesn't seem like it's quite as inundated with trick or treaters. I always thought that that was a really cool portrayal that Spielberg was able to capture in the movie. Yeah.
0: You know, trick or treating is interesting because growing up in the Midwest, it really was like a neighborhood thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like out here, you know, I'm in L.A. area. You know, what I find a lot of is that there's areas that people bring their kids to you know they do those trunk or treats or there's like a specific block that essentially like hosts the trick-or-treating and everybody goes there versus like you know i just went to my neighbors if their lights weren't on you know then you just skip that house. you just kept walking yeah yeah if you're a real jerk you throw things at it but it was just your neighborhood it wasn't like there was some place that we always went in order you know I for instance here in LA I used to live in Pomona and I tried to hand out candy just outside my apartment it was a bad idea like (laughs) nobody wanted to come up I mean granted if you know anything about Pomona but (laughs) it was like nobody wanted to take candy from like this guy and I was dressed like a Jedi which was pretty cool so I would just ignite my lightsaber and then some kid confused me with Jesus because I had long hair at the time yeah because you were wearing the the cloak and he thought you were just. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't I hadn't ignited the saber yet so he he didn't know and I was like, "Oh, I'm a Jedi." It's like, "Oh, that's cool." But you know, I did want to give one kind of honorable mention to it's not a movie. Now, granted, I had mentioned last week, Stranger Things season two, they do a trick or treating scene, which is great. Did you ever see the Halloween episode from Pete and Pete? I'm sure an, I and, did. It was like an old Nickelodeon show. I mean, I remember the, the, the show. 90s.
1: I can't specifically remember the episode. What is it?
0: Oh, no, they just they they have they do a whole Halloween night. The older kids come and steal the younger kids candy. And like they do all this stuff. But like, it, I don't know, I, that to me always seemed a lot like how halloween was it was kind of a fun night you know halloween or at least whatever night trick-or-treating was as kids like we got to go out kind of unsupervised and in the midwest i mean we would do this all the time but not interacting with everybody you know you'd ride your bikes and go to you know your fort in the woods or somewhere you know it was always just you guys but halloween night because like you said there were so many people out it was like a lot of fun no honestly. dude
1: i gotta check out that episode because that that sounds like a nice trip down memory lane and you
0: you You know, trick or treating is just one of those things. Like, I don't know, you can't can't do it as an adult. You can fake it, but it's never what it is when you were a kid. It's like the best. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all these movies and all these trick or treating scenes getting me nostalgic over here. That actually that does it for our episode this week. So, again, want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for sharing your comments and your lists. Be sure to continue the conversations and send your comments and feedback on this week's episode. There were a few facts that we mentioned throughout. If you're a cinephile or you just happen to know the answer and cp and i are wrong feel free to correct us also cp does love it when you guys agree with them i hate it so Keep that dynamic going. But if you would like to continue the conversations or have not yet subscribed to the show, you can find all of our links and all the information at FilmmakersCompass.com. I am at Big Kid and C-P- I am at ndcal 5 So be sure to follow the show, Film, Film Comp Podcast, and leave us a five-star review if you haven't already. That actually, it just gives us a little bit more feedback about the show overall, as well as help, helps us rank a little bit higher in the podcast directories. So we always appreciate that. But all, all feedback and all comments welcome. We love hearing from you guys. So thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we will be back next week with a brand new show.
1: See you then.